Hello and welcome to our latest Tap Talks HR podcast. I'm pleased to have with me Natalie Sagona, the Head of Diversity and Inclusion at BAE Systems. Hi Natalie, thanks for joining us. Hello Anthony, hi, pleased to meet you. <laughs> um, Natalie, um, I know today we're going to be talking about reinventing difference in the world of diversity and inclusion. So, should we open with what do you see as the challenges with diversity and inclusion in the workplace today? Yeah, I think there's um, there's several angles that we could look at the world of, of diversity and inclusion. But if we are to start with some of the challenges, I think what one of them that's quite pragmatic for people to think about is that typically we all like people like ourselves. You know, we often surround ourselves with people um, that we might have on our wedding list or go out with as a, as a group of friends and so when that comes into the workplace and all of a sudden we're saying embrace difference and you know ha- have people that are opposite um, to you working on a team and so on that that isn't that natural and so from a very pragmatic level how do we really um, try and engage people to embrace difference in in all of its forms, um, different attitudes, personalities and approaches. And how do we really get people to embrace um, difference in a safe way to to allow arguments and discussions to happen um, in a really, really beneficial way? So I think that's quite a you know a real challenge you know so diverse inclusion in the real world (laughs) really is is challenging so that's like uh, so from an individual's point of view almost like hardwired to to like to like people where we can see an association a similarity between us and other people so it sounds like we've got a challenge right from the start what about organizations themselves how do you see them set up in the world for the world of a diverse and inclusive workforce So I think um, where you've got organisations that have been around for years that are very traditional, often, um, and they they might have HR departments and and many departments, and often they have um, processes, procedures, mechanisms that try and get everything to conform and to be efficient and um, which require people to follow certain rules. And then... If you think about the world today and you know the, the, the pop-up <laughs> shop world and um, the way that technology is going and evolving, it's, it's more fast, it's agile, it's disruptive. And so there's this dichotomy, isn't there, that you've got this old traditional system and then you've got um, the, you know, the world in which we're saying we want difference to thrive, we want to be disruptive, we want to um, create some chaos and, and um, reinvent things and have innovation. Well, to bring those two things together it, it, it is, is the clash of the, these two worlds. And so what often happens is that you can bring very different people into this traditional system and they either have to assimilate and conform or they get get spat out of that system and so I think there's a big piece around the whole system and making sure you know how do we reinvent the system to really really be allowed to be disrupted. 
I don't, I, you, you might need to kind of follow my thread there. <laughs> yeah, and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, if you think some of the more mature organisations, especially in the UK, for example, we're talking going back to the 1980s, 1960s. So their first set of policies, procedures, and the way their culture started is based almost in a different world to where we are today in 2020. And it's... Um, and I, I, I think of inductions. Someone comes in for an induction, and on their first day, you're telling them the values of your organisation yes. and what they are, rather than actually what are your values mm. and how can we meet in the middle mm. with our values. So I, I love your your concept of conformity and rules. And do you see that as a barrier to actually trying to enable um, diverse and inclusive new thinking inside of organisations? I think it's a really useful barrier to think properly about um, because I think the traditional barriers that you know every DNI conference that I'll go to or every conversation that we'll have we'll talk about kind of the the barriers so unconscious bias always comes up um, leadership accountability the business case always comes up and I think you know that that has a place and um, you have to meet the organization where it's at and you have to address some of those those things um, but actually if we look much creatively and broadly at the, the systems in place if we really really begin to address that then I think longer term will we begin to realize what really really needs to change and I think um, what I see is where you have got organisations steeped in tradition and not able to accelerate fast enough because that's the way the, the mechanistic of the organisation is, then those aren't the organisations that are going to thrive into today's world longer, longer term. Because I suppose if you're not adapting, I mean, the world is changing at a faster pace today than it ever has done. And if you're an organisation that has very strong system, and as I get what you're saying about system, it's not a technology or anything, it's actually the, the way an organisation interconnects, then actually if it's not moving at least at the pace of the world outside the organisation, and you should argue maybe with DNI that it should move even faster to catch up, then actually it's going to move further and further behind. Behind, and, yeah. and that's an existential problem for the organisation because as you were saying about the pop-ups small organisations are coming through now with technology to aid them so unless who are, might view the world and their cultures might be different so actually you end up with organisations that don't adapt yeah, so that you know, like the I don't know, you like kind of look at Uber. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, they don't require lots of infrastructure, lots of systems and, and processes. So newer organisations are able to get lots of, of, of difference of all of its kinds, attitude, personality, type, types of people, and, um, and and kind of the the two meet two meet together. Whereas where you've got big big you know, tr traditional organisations where you have got policies and procedures and you need those because some of the work is absolutely got to be done by kind of the, you know, clear rules of the, and, and so on, then that they're going to find it more difficult to embrace different disruptive thinkers. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to find a way to really 
rip up the rule book I think um, even in you know so some of the things that I look at are how do we be inclusive by design in terms of our policies procedures and practices you know everything that you do needs to be inclusive of all so the way that you recruit the way that you performance manage the way that you reward someone and the way that you manage someone has to be as open-minded and inclusive as possible but then I've begun to think, well, hmm, but what about if you rip up all of that? <laughs> and maybe for the next generation, <laughs> you know, in order for them to really want to, to, to work in, you know, a, a modern thinking organisation, they're not going to even, they might not even want to apply for a job because they just, they don't need to do that. You know, everything is at the click of their fingertips. Now, if I think about my children, they can't, can't wait for anything you know, if we think about how we shop now, you expect to be able to, you know, and there are other um, outlets out there, but Amazon, <laughs> you know, you can you can just get something tomorrow without even having to set foot out of, of the door. So why would I trek to an interview when I'm thinking, well, surely they're going to, you know, just, just meet me on the phone or do a virtual interview or something. You know, it's just, I think there's, we've got to think about these, these new systems in order to really embrace, be inclusive of difference. So it's almost like challenge everything. So whatever's in place in your organisation, be that eight-year-old child that just says why all the time. So, okay, this is our process, but why is it our process? Mm. Is it because we've always done it this way? It doesn't necessarily mean it's fit for, for purpose for purpose now. So it's really interesting you mentioned leaders and leadership. I think, I mean, what's your view on, on the, the role of a leader? Uh, for diversity and inclusion um, in either a small or a large organisation? I think, um, again, if we look at traditional organisations um, which are hierarchical, that there is a role of the leader to, um, to role model and set a very, very clear tone. But that in itself, even talking about that hierarchy, is quite old-fashioned as well because in today's world I think that we could all be, all be leaders we all have to have a mindset which you know um, has the autonomy to um, b- break rules believe that we can change things around us so in the world of diversity and inclusion I think we've all got to take accountability and it, it's about mindset it's about being curious about another person um, wanting to empower that other person believing that that other person has the answers that you might not have traditionally leaders um, did always have the answers they were seen as somebody kind of to be re- revered um, and they were often seen as being right I think that that's quite outdated now. So for me, the role of a leader is to be okay with being wrong and seek different views and empower others and inspire others to be their best. But that's that's for all of us because we can all be leaders. And, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because you're right, we, we can all stand up and be counted in some way and, and we can change our own behaviour um, and, and things like reciprocity and having positive intent. And, and I, I learned recently that there are eight basic facial expressions of which six are negative and two are positive. So you would argue that, again, there's this little bit of hardwiring that unless we consciously think 
about something we might sway towards a negative but maybe like you were saying take everyone at their word and, and the positivity and embracing difference and, and everything but that goes against the risk adverseness of the system yeah so it's it's really interesting and, and I know um, you called it something before we started a podcast and you called it a wicked problem explain to me and, and our listeners what a wicked problem is because I didn't know this I read so a wicked problem is described um, as a problem that's difficult or impossible to solve because of incomplete contradictory and changing requirements that are often difficult to recognise Another definition is a problem whose social complexity means that it has no determinable stopping point. But I think the world of diversity and inclusion is, is a bit of a, a, a wicked problem. You know, in, it, in itself, you know, often, for example, when you're talking about different types of people, are the difference that you can see and that you can't see, you end up talking about... St- diversity strands and again this is quite old-fashioned now I think but there is still a way to go for people to um, to really understand what what that means um, for certain types with certain characteristics but that in itself is is divisive so that means that it's not normal to be different and we we do want it to be normal you know my my children really don't get what I do <laughs> so if I took you know I took my son on a pride march once and he was like but why do we have to you know why would people get bullied or why mummy why do we need to kind of talk about this and I, I begin to think well gosh yeah we still are we still have such a long way to go for people to embrace any type of difference and that to be okay but hopefully in the next generation the children of today are being brought up where it is more normal to have many many differences around you and that's okay and it doesn't need to stand out and i think i think that's right and and labeling of generations is is very easy to do but i think it's always the newest generation coming into the world who always challenge the older generations and you can go back in time to I don't know why twice in this podcast I'm reflecting to the 1960s. I'm sure there's a reason there somewhere. <laughs> um, but, but actually in the 60s, you were looking at the parents and the grandparents from, who were born at the turn of the 1900th century or before, and they're saying, no, we're going to revolt. We're going to do things differently. We see the world as a more inclusive place. And I think it's great to see the young generation and I think people like Greta Thunberg come in and challenge the biggest leaders in the world when looking at, at climate change and going, well, why? Why can't we just change everything yeah. and have a system that is very inclusive so that the survival of the, our species? And I, I see that as young people into the workforce now is saying they're not seeing through the lens of the systems and processes that are in, existing in organisations. And I think that that is role modelling, isn't it, at its mm. best? And you need more of those role models to, to do that. Um, but I do think kind of many of the systems that we have in place, if you look at the education system, so um, I think that that has such a part to play in making sure that the, the next generation of children who we want to disrupt the status quo then that we want to keep curious we want them to um, you know recognize that any difference is fantastic that um, their teachers are allowing that creating a safe space for it to be okay to be challenged themselves and I'm not sure 
that the, the education is really caught up you know so if I ask my children to kind of well you know go, go speak to the teacher if you don't agree mm. with it they were like no they'll do it for me <laughs> they'll, they'll back chat me all, all day long but they wouldn't do it in a system where they've been you know where they, they've actually that they're, they're still conforming And that's interesting, isn't it? Because you can argue that education is there and school as a process is there to get children ready for adulthood. And actually now with the internet and everything out there, knowledge is not something you really need to learn. It's about where to go for that. It's actually the creativity and the innovation that actually, and the challenge and the, the calling out a bias when you see it is actually what schools probably should do a little bit more. Oh, I can't. I completely agree with you. I mean, if we got onto that to that subject, <laughs> that is a huge passion of mine too, because to shape the next generation of, of leaders, I think it is about kind of the emotional intelligence, and this there's something now that we talk about cultural intelligence as well. So, um, I think it is absolutely about um, really uh, equipping. Um, children with those leadership skills with those self skills and that self-management um to to be fit fit for the future and that doesn't mean knowing everything actually it means being okay with not knowing anything Mm. but kind of finding ways to bring people with you um and yeah yeah it's a completely different form of leadership in my in my opinion i mean this was great conversation we, we started talking about diversity and inclusion but we've got right under the skin of it for want of a better word and literally we, we're saying that actually it process and conformity is actually the 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 anti-diversity yes, and inclusion exactly. thing it's the enemy yes of, of the t- enemy <laughs> Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Actually, let's let's be really strong on that, Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> it, and, and but you could argue that uh, for organisations, they talk to us about, uh, oh, we want you to be agile and creative and innovative because the business world is changing outside the walls of the organisation. Part of that is actually the culture and diversity and inclusion, and sometimes maybe it gets left behind a little bit as we're all trying to adapt our customer service offering kind of thing, rather than actually thinking, well, the culture needs to adapt as well at at this similar pace so i mean that's great from my point of view and and bringing it back to i suppose your role and 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 dni and your experience um what do you think what approaches work in organizations that tries to shift this super tanker of culture towards something that resembles a more diverse and inclusive mindset yeah um, so I can't, I'll, I'll share some of my experience. I think, um, you know, if we had the quick answer, I think um, the ideal would be to turn everything on its head, rip up some of the, the rules and really reinvent the way that the, the system works. And that means, you know, that might be uh, meaning that you can be much more agile and flexible and impromptu on certain things that don't require really really specific rules you know it it means humanizing um, the ways in which we work with people the ways that we attract um, recruit retain and and develop people I think that is is ideal what I have seen work um, well where you have got organizations that are more um, you know they have systems in place is is starting with inclusion and focusing on mindset and focusing on on culture 
Um, so there's a, a great program that I saw work where actually it equipped everybody with the, the values and the culture of the organisation that they wanted and um, with a language and some real basic human ways of operating together, in, you know, for, so for the mindset, for the person and for the teams. So um, really, really, really basic things like, you know, um, being open-minded, assuming positive intent, um, listening and giving each other feedback so you know everybody handshaking on this is how the way that we're gonna operate here in order to be a high performing team and that did mean embracing difference in terms of different personalities and accepting that 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 was okay and giving each other permission to really um, em- embrace those so I think focusing on culture focusing on le- leadership skills full, full stop um, you know, there, there is a lot of talk about inclusive leadership, and I do think that that's really, really important. But I'm not even sure that we have to pull it out as being inclusive leadership. It's it's leadership. It's being a great leader and a great employee. And what that means is being open-minded, being curious, being vulnerable, inspiring others. You know, there's some some basic skills that are required um, for, for any type of leadership and then I think um, em- embedding inclusion into everything that you do it cannot be something that's um, separate on the agenda so there has to be a recognition of why it's important that you know business needs to understand that that there is a it's a business imperative and that if organizations don't embrace difference and different ways of working they'll get left behind um, because the world is changing and whether that's from an innovation point of view or a talent point of view or just needing to find different ways of working which are really really new and more effective in this digital world now that, that that you know that there's there's so many business cases that, um, so I think kind of really creating an organisation that embraces difference by you know w- and having it within its DNA so that means embedding it in it, all of its processes policies and and practices when you've got that system in place and when you can't rip up the rule book yeah because uh, we're not saying rip up the rule book when you go back into work rules have their place Mm. you know when you're you know kind of you know i've worked in engineering and health organizations of course you have to Mm. have rules and things cannot go wrong when you're you're building engines and you've got patients on the on the table but that doesn't mean when you come when it comes to staff and um, customers and humans that you're or patients that you're working with that there has to be always a mechanistic process to treat somebody in front of you you can actually get curious and have a conversation and not think what does the law say I've got to do with in my opinion anyway and that's interesting because one of my favorite um, theories and concepts is something called the edge of chaos which is where you pull out as much process as you can within your teams and you have your outward boundaries but within that you can innovate and be as creative as you want to and do things as a team which promotes ownership but actually allows people to try out things like treating people in different ways and doing things differently and everything and I love the fact that you've all the way through this conversation the DNI 
debate has actually come back to things that are just bigger than diversity and inclusion is about the self-awareness of every employee and going back to basics and actually saying this is the culture but why is it the culture and why couldn't we do something differently um and culture is made up sorry i didn't mean to um, interrupt you though you just said something and i was like oh yeah you really want to give people the faith that diversity inclusion is really easy and safe to talk about because often you know if i tell people my job they're like oh i'm not talking to you you know (laughs) it's the diversity police but when you what's really great is that this is just about humans and mindset and it's very very easy actually to um, think about difference and to be inclusive all we need to do is to instruct ourselves that I'm okay you're okay I can ask some questions about you I can be curious and I can have some positive intent about you or the person in front of you and it's okay to ask questions and have a growth mindset and you know and actually I want to be more self-aware about where my thoughts or my um, blind spots or my biases come from and I'll get curious about that and let's have an open conversation about that so it is very it starts with mindset and it, it starts with you not someone else that's going to be doing something against a, a law or a because if we start with that then actually anyone that's in front of you no matter what their faith what their status what their kind of how they work is what their accessibility needs you can ask questions you can treat them as a human yeah <laughs> it's great it's really empowering and it enable it makes it accessible for everybody We've yeah. just forgotten that, I think. I, 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 I think when you were saying about um, you can do it, it's almost like anyone can be the first person. And we, we talked before we started about um, the first follower, the video on YouTube, where the guy's dancing like really crazily in, in, in a, a concert and a, on a hillside. And actually, everyone's like going, you're a bit crazy. But when the first person then goes and joins in, the first follower then other people start joining in so it's almost like if you see and hear something that is increasing the conversation around diversity inclusion go and join in because you might be that first follower who then gets the whole energy of everyone behind you yeah and that's so much more empowering isn't it and it's about not being the bystander there's a, um, a great advert on YouTube actually that Burger King created about it was about bullying and have you seen it? Yeah, I've you know, seen it. Oh, yeah. I love it so much and I think there's so many lessons there and actually having seen that it reminded me to speak up and to be that either that first person or the second person and often then when you do speak up other people feel that they can do it too and I think it's so I think we have to if you know everyone listening to this podcast if they um, either watch that video or watch the the um, the the leader one that you've just talked about and think well in every situation that I am where I see something that I don't like or that I don't feel is right or that's not inclusive I'm going to speak up about that and you'll go away with a spring in your step I'm, I'm sure because not being a bystander means that you're empowering yourself to change the status quo and it's often people need permission to do that and um I think we just can give ourselves permission which I think kind of leads on to the last bit because time is getting the better of us. And um, I really warbled off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I just have a clock in front of me. You don't have one. Um, but uh, if, if you were, and I think you started on on there anyway. But if you were 
going to offer one piece of advice or one thing for the listeners to, to think about after the podcast to do something differently around the world of diversity and inclusion, what would it be? What's your one piece of advice? Or if you've got two, what are your two? So I think um, the biggest piece is um, think of yourself as a leader and as a disruptor of the status quo. And when you're in a situation or when you're at work or when you're in any conversation, think about kind of how inclusive of difference is this? Where is the difference around me? And if one of my favorite quotes um, around the world of diversity and inclusion is if that everyone's thinking the same, then somebody isn't thinking. And that is dangerous because if everybody's thinking the same, then you, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna get the best outcome. And so my top tip would be to make it your own accountability to have a disruptive mindset and to make sure that around you you've got the best, best chance of difference existing and that that, um, that difference can thrive. And it, start, it, it has to start with you. And when you don't see it, don't be a bystander and don't think that it's someone else's problem saying well what can I do about this so just do one or two things to be that that first person and then what will happen is that someone else is saying oh, okay I really liked what they did I'm going to do that too and then hopefully we, we, will, we will change so don't be afraid to be a bit of a disruptor I love that be a disruptor challenge the status quo uh, be that crazy person on the hillside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad we got that. <laughs> Natalie, amazing conversation. Oh, thank you ever so you. much. Thank and, you. And thanks everyone for, for listening to our podcast. As always, you can find out more about these topics at tapsolutions.com. We'll be back soon with another Tap Talks HR podcast. But that's it for today. Goodbye. Bye.